Let's continue reading Judges chapter 14. In this chapter, we have the sad results of Samson breaking his Nazarite vow, but we also see God using Samson in spite of Samson's shortcomings. Judges chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. Now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me as a wife. Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. After some time, when he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. He took some of it in his hands and went along eating. When he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them, and they also ate. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down to the woman, and Samson gave a feast there, for young men used to do so. And it happened when they saw him that they brought 30 companions to be with him. Then Samson said to them, let me pose a riddle to you. If you can correctly solve and explain it to me within the seven days of the feast, then I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. But if you cannot explain it to me, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. And they said to him, pose your riddle that we may hear it. So he said to them, out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Now for three days they could not explain the riddle. But it came to pass on the seventh day, that they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband, that he may explain the riddle to us, or else we will burn you in your father's house with fire. Have you invited us in order to take what is ours? Is that not so? Then Samson's wife wept on him and said, You only hate me. You do not love me. You oppose a riddle to the sons of my people, but you have not explained it to me. And he said to her, Look, I have not explained it to my father or my mother, so should I explain it to you? Now she had wept on him the seven days while their feast lasted. And it happened on the seventh day that he told her, because she pressed him so much. Then she explained the riddle to the sons of her people. So the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey? And what is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 of their men, took their apparel and gave the changes of clothing to those who had explained the riddle. So his anger was aroused, and he went back up to his father's house. And Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best man. Let's once again look at some background notes. When we think of Samson, we generally think of his great physical strength. Here in this chapter, we see he killed a lion with his bare hands. No rifle, no knife, not even a club. Verse 6, he tore the lion apart 
as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. Wow, what strength. Hey, for Samson, this was just another day at the office. <laughs> Great strength. But for all of Samson's physical strength, he was a weak man, morally speaking. Samson could not control his passions or his lusts. Samson had no self-control. And as a result, he broke his Nazarite vow more than once. Samson never reached his full potential as a servant of God. However, in spite of Samson's glaring weakness of no self-discipline, he was a man of faith. And God used Samson to start overthrowing the power of the Philistines, who had dominion over Israel at this time. In Hebrews chapter 11, the faith of many Old Testament believers is mentioned, and Samson is on the list. So Samson was a man of faith, and he was used of God. Look back at chapter 13, verse 25. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. And notice that it was the Lord who empowered Samson to kill the lion. In verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart. And notice it was the Lord who enabled Samson to kill the 30 Philistines in verse 19. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 of their men. So even though Samson was involved in all kinds of wrongdoing and fell far short of his full potential, he was a man of faith, and he was used of God against the Philistines, the enemy of God's people. One more background note. In verse 18, Samson said to the Philistines who had solved his riddle, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Now what did Samson mean here by calling his wife my heifer? Samson was referring to his wife as an untamed and stubborn woman because she had betrayed him. And because she had betrayed him, Samson went back home without his wife and her father then gave her to Samson's friend, the best man. Verse 20, a fine friend that best man turned out to be, right? And you thought the bride never married the best man. Well, here's an exception in Judges 14 for your Bible trivia files, right? Well, enough of that. Let's move on now to our doctrinal teaching points for Judges chapter 14. Doctrinal point number one, compromise can ruin a life of great potential. Compromise can ruin a life of great potential. You know, if we didn't know the rest of the story, we would probably vote for Samson as the most likely to succeed. I mean, right from the start, Samson had everything going for him. He had godly parents who loved and worshiped the Lord and who gave Samson good and godly counsel. Samson was handpicked by God to deliver Israel from the Philistines, as we saw back there in chapter 13, verse 5. Samson was blessed with great physical strength, and the Spirit of the Lord was at work in his life, as we've seen. What a tremendous foundation on which to build. What great potential. What went wrong, anyway? Samson compromised because he had no self-control, no self-discipline. 
Samson compromised in the matter of God's law. The law clearly said that God's people were not to intermarry with the Philistines or any pagan people. Look at Exodus 34 and Deuteronomy 7 in that connection. But Samson operated on the principle, not thy will, Lord, but mine be done. He ignored the counsel of his godly folks and married a Philistine woman, as we see here in verses 2 and 3. Samson had no self-control. What he wanted, he wanted now. Even if it meant compromising the law of God. How sad. Samson also compromised in the matter of his Nazarite vow. Certainly there was drinking of wine at this seven-day Philistine wedding. And I'm sure Samson wasn't drinking Coke. Nazarites were to be separated from wine. And then, of course, there was the matter of touching the dead lion and making a riddle of it, of all things. That, by the way, is why Samson didn't tell his folks. Nazarites were not to touch anything unclean, including anything dead. And, of course, we know it wouldn't be long before Samson would give away the secret of his strength and have his hair cut. Why would Samson do such things? It's because he was weak-willed, no self-control. And as a result, he compromised and ruined his life, a life of great potential. Samson's life was cut short, and he ended up in a Philistine prison as a grinder with his eyes gouged out. Compromise can ruin a life of great potential. What was true for Samson is true for us. You know, I've seen young people ruin their lives because of compromise. They've come from godly homes. God has blessed them with good minds, great talent, great potential. But they've compromised. Maybe in the area of sex, like Samson. Maybe in the area of theology. Maybe in the area of commitment. Great potential lost. So young people here this morning, don't let it happen. Don't compromise. Compromise can ruin a life of great potential. Doctrinal point number two. Compromise cannot ruin the law of God's providence. Compromise cannot ruin the law of God's providence. This is the good news. Verse four. But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, that he, the Lord, was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. Does that verse bother you? Here, Samson's involved in breaking the law and breaking his Nazarite vow, and yet God is going to use this situation to move against the Philistines. What's the Bible teaching us here anyway? That it's okay to disobey the Lord, to go against God's word as long as something good comes out of it? No way. That's not what the Bible's teaching us here. The Bible is teaching us here that God is sovereign and nothing... Even sin, nothing can thwart God's plans and purposes. Ephesians 1.11 says that God works everything according to the counsel of his will. This in no way condones Samson's wrongdoing and compromise, but God works out his plans and purposes in spite of sin in this world. Psalm 76 verse 10 says that God makes the wrath of man to praise him. This in no way condones man's sin on the one hand 
or pins the blame for sin on God on the other hand. Compromise cannot ruin the law of God's providence. Practical application. Don't use the Samson method of finding a spouse. Don't use the Samson method of finding a spouse. This lesson is particularly for the young people here today. What was Samson's method of finding a spouse? You could call it the double L method, looks and lust. He didn't even take time to build a relationship. She looks good to me, she can please me, so I'll marry her. No wonder the marriage didn't work out. This is not the way to go about finding a spouse. And yet this is the way some folks come at marriage today. Looks and lust. Even Christian young people. They rush into marriage and don't take time to build a Christ-centered, Christ-honoring relationship. They never pray about their future spouse. You know, some Christian young people are even willing to marry an unbeliever. Some Christian young people are determined to marry in the faith, but they are more concerned about physical attraction than spiritual qualities. No wonder many marriages today, even Christian marriages, are ending up in divorce. So young people here this morning, do you want a Samson-type marriage or do you want a Scripture-type marriage? It's far better never to get married than to end up with a Samson-type marriage. Don't use the Samson method of finding a spouse.